0: Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey. Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. This is the podcast that makes you a better car washer and a slightly better human being. I am your host on this adventure, Matt DeWolf, Editor-in-Chief of Car Wash Magazine. Now, one of the things we do here is bring you insight and inspiration from people outside of the car wash industry to really enhance uh, your perspective and broaden that. And so today, we're lucky to be joined by Lieutenant Colonel Jason O'Harris. He was a speaker at the Car Wash Show in Nashville. He's an author, and his message around no-fail trust is powerful and resonant in the car wash industry right now. He's talking to us about how to make sure you can empower your teams so that there is mutual trust, resulting in better outcomes and opportunities for your business. Check out this conversation with Jason O'Harris. Jason, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me, Matt. It's exciting to be here to, to talk about the leadership, talk about culture, and talk about car washes. I mean, who doesn't want to talk about getting a car washed, right?
0: Well, I know I do. I mean, I do it every day. So <laughs> we're in good hands. Here we go. Uh, first of all, hey, thank you for your service. I appreciate that. Man. I mean, I appreciate that support. If, without people that do what you do, we could not do the things that we do. So I uh, really appreciate that. Let's dive in. So You've got, a, you've got a framework that we're going to get into uh, called No-Fail Trust. Let's just start there. Can you explain um, what is No-Fail Trust and, and how do you approach that? Where does that come from?
1: Yeah, so No-Fail Trust, it's this framework that's built on three things. It's built on being able to trust the training, trust the process, and then more importantly, and the primary piece of that is being able to trust your people. Right? How do you empower and trust your people? Well, the way you empower and trust your people is that starts with the right training, followed by the right processes that supports that training, and then it enables you to empower your people. And so that's what no-fail trust is. And then the other aspect of no-fail trust is these seven skill sets. That's professional knowledge, situational awareness, assertiveness, communication, decision-making, leadership, adaptability, and flexibility. Those seven skill sets, that's what we use to help build around that framework of no-fail trust. And the way I tell people about this, Matt, is imagine you're in the middle of nowhere, And you're fighting an enemy and you need someone to come in, deliver, deliver ammunition supplies or rescue you. And you want them to be there in plus or minus 30 seconds of your designated time. That's at a moment where you cannot fail. How do we do that within a military environment? How do we do that within an aviation environment? And then how do we translate that to what you all are doing every single day, running your car washes around the country and around the world? You can get that same exact precision, you can get that same exact leadership and that same level of trust when you've implemented a level of training, a level of processes and empowered your people to be able to execute every single day.
0: You know, what's fascinating is um, as as you look around the car wash industry, you see Uh, a lot of people come into this industry with a military background and it makes sense because it's a very operational, um, repeated process, kind of an, kind of a structure. Um, talk to me a little bit about this no fail, um, trust framework in terms of where did it come from? Because I think, I think what people are going to hear is that it's pretty similar to, uh, the car wash environment, at least in terms of, um, the ages of the people that it really applies to.
1: Yeah, excellent question, Matt. And, and a quick side note, it's, it's very interesting, right? As a reservist, um, I, I work with a, a bunch of folks, young and older folks or young and more mature folks. And this past weekend, I was, I was at my reserve unit. And as I was there, I was talking to different people and having lunch with a bunch of the folks that are in my squadron. And one of the young men that's in my squadron. We got to talking. I says, well, what do you do? Um, you know, he's a part time reservist like myself. And I said, well, what do you do in your full time capacity? And he says, oh, I run a car wash. And I thought, that's pretty awesome. This guy runs a car wash, right? And here I am talking to you on this podcast. But but with that said, you know, the idea of no fault trust and where it comes from, in, in the military, we entrust a lot of things to really young people. You know, you've you've mentioned to me a couple of times, Matt, in our conversations, the, the age of folks that they're bringing into the industry, right? And then how do you get those young people to be able to, not only work at your car wash, but then to groom them to run your car wash. Now, mm-hmm. now I want you to think about this, Matt. If, if I asked you right now, would you trust a 17, 18, 19-year-old um, video game expert, would, fresh out of high school video game expert, would you trust that person with your luxury automobile? No, like, never. Okay, t- t- <laughs> no, right? So, so then would you, would you trust them with, uh, let's say, $250,000? Uh,
0: still no. Still, no, no, right?
1: (laughs) Like, would would you, I mean, and and of course, for for car wash owners, would you trust them with your car wash, with your business? And then, more importantly, I asked this question, Matt Would you trust that same set 17, 18, 19 year old, fresh out of high school, video game expert? Would you trust them with your life? Hmm. Here's the thing, Matt. Every single day in the military, we do that. And the way we do that is, is, is we empower them to be able to manage things in the back of that aircraft. Imagine this multi-million dollar airplane, and we're, in, we're loading up millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars of equipment and people that are probably worth millions of dollars because of the training that, they're ha- that they have, and we trust that young 17, 18, 19-year-old fresh out of high school to handle all of it. I mean, all of it. I don't have to go back there and double-check their work because I've given them what? I've given them the right training that I could trust, I've given them the right process, like standard operating procedures, checklists, things like that, that I can trust. That supports the training that we've given them. And therefore, I can empower them and I trust them to execute the mission. Do you realize that in some of our largest airplanes in the military, like say a C-5, that that airplane, it is one of the largest, if not the largest aircraft in the world. And do you realize that same said 17, 18, 19-year-old young person fresh out of high school potentially, no college education potentially, you get the picture. Imagine that they're responsible for everything in the back of that airplane. More than 80% of that aircraft, it's all theirs. My job is to fly the jet. That's it. That's where this idea of no-fail trust comes from.
0: That's I mean, I think that's awesome. I think one of the keys of that as you were talking about, um, how that all works and, you know, how you make sure that you can do that is the training in the process and all that. But I think one of the key components is that that individual knows that you trust them, right? Like Absolutely. you're not, you're not micromanaging, you're not coming at them for every small thing. You are very intentional in the way that you communicate with them, that you reinforce the behavior that you, that they know that you trust them wholly. And that changes that mentality.
1: It completely changes the mentality, Matt. I mean, you know, one of the things you talked about, he says, hey, the, the, the ownership mentality, right? In a car wash, a lot of owners, they might own one car wash, they might own multiple car washes. And they need to be able to trust that person that they're going to do their job. And so in the military or, or even in, in commercial aviation, right? My job is not to micromanage that person. My job is to make certain that I can trust that person. And, and it starts with that. I, I keep going back to that training, right? Because I've equipped them with the right things. And, and when you equip them with the right pieces, the right tools, Matt, what happens is they get a level of confidence in themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And you add to what you just said is that I go, no, I, I trust you. Don't worry about it, Matt. Go ahead and take care of it. I trust you'll handle it, right? And when, when you do that, not only do they have a level of confidence because of the training and the skill sets they have, they get a level of confidence because they know that you No kidding. Trust them. You put those two things together, man, and you get a person that will go to the ends of the earth to make the mission happen. And that's the beauty of, 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 of how we lead. And that's the beauty of how we execute that culture that's built on commitment, that's built on accountability, that's built on trust, right? They know that as a leader, I'm committed to them. And they in turn are committed to me, committed to the team, the organization, the mission. And because of that level of commitment, we then become accountable to each other, accountable to the mission, accountable to those that we're there to serve. Mm-hmm. And then that builds a level of trust that we know, we know how to make the mission happen. And we don't have to go around and micromanage each other to execute that mission.
0: Yeah, I mean, because guess what, friends? Uh, you cannot scale a business if you are in the weeds. Like, you're not going to be able to do that. Uh, you have to be able to build a team that can do that work for you to get you into the position where you are doing what you uniquely do best. That's where you need to spend your time. Um, I want to dive hey, in. I want to dive hey, into... going Matt, I'm gonna, yeah. if you don't mind,
1: Matt, I want to pause you right there, bro, because you said something yeah, that was so powerful. Here, here's the thing, man. Um, I, somebody mentored me a long time ago and they said this thing that was really powerful and it came up again recently when I took a, a new position, Matt. And, and, and this is kind of to what you just said. What, what, what this person told me, they says, Jason, they says, figure out what you can outsource in your position. Think about that, right? And this is, and there are some things that you will attempt to outsource and it will not go right. So those things, know that you cannot outsource and know that those are things that only you can handle, right? As a car wash owner, what are the things that only you, the owner, can handle? And then what are the other things that you can train and allow someone else to handle so that you can focus on the priorities of being a business owner and not someone who runs a car wash that is a dynamic shift in how you process things and how you lead that organization how you lead that team to success and that allows you to not only have one successful car wash but to have multiples and build multiple businesses as i know some of you all have out there in this in this space
0: yeah i think i think that's super important because this um any entrepreneur- has a hard time letting go of anything, right? It's just, it's just, it's in the DNA. Like you can't, you're like, no, but it's not, it's not quite the way I would do it. I just, I need it back. I'm going to bring it back. But you're going to spend all your time fighting those battles and you're going to get stressed and you're going to lose 10 years off the end of your life. So we don't want to do that. Let's, let's let's work, let's work better. Uh, I want to dive in on maybe one or two of maybe your top um, uh, seven skills here. I'd like to, I'd like for you to kind of choose one or two that we can kind of riff on a little bit.
1: Yeah. You know, I'll say the seven again, real quick, professional knowledge, situational awareness, assertiveness, decision-making, communication, leadership, and adaptability, flexibility. And of those seven, obviously professional knowledge, that makes sense, right? You run in a car wash, you need to have the professional knowledge If you have somebody that you've brought up into a leadership role at your car wash, they need to have the knowledge. When that thing breaks, how do you stop and how do you fix it? If it's something that I can fix on site or if I need to call in a team to fix it, right? Is it just I need to uh, increase or or refill my fluids? Whatever the case may be, that's in that professional knowledge. I think that was really relatively self-explanatory and sometimes it, it might get confusing, but I think that was pretty easy. The one that I love to talk about, especially with business owners that you alluded to, that we as entrepreneurs, we have a hard time kind of letting go is the assertiveness piece. You know, uh, yeah. sometimes people, they get mixed up with this idea of what, what is assertiveness, right? And so... Um, I tell a signature story and people will hear me talk about this um, at, at the convention and that signature story I tell a story about that young 17 18 19 year old loadmaster in the back of my aircraft telling me the aircraft commander or the CEO of that jet who has the corner office the window view and I the pilot am getting ready to make the perfect landing and I and that loadmaster tells me go around. And in that moment that loadmaster they've exercised literally all seven of those skill sets. But it's that assertiveness, that willingness, that ability to speak up and make, it, make the point that, no, you need to go around. No, you cannot make this landing that you think you're good to go for. And, and when I talk about assertiveness, Matt, what I love to engage people on is this idea of setting people up for success and empowering them to know when and why and how to be assertive. Know when and why you can actually speak up and say what needs to be said. And as a, as a leader, it is also in our job description that's unwritten that we need to be willing, prepared to listen, knowing that when that person speaks up and they are assertive, there's a reason that they are telling us to go around. There's a reason why, and that is because they can likely see something that we cannot see. And so without a person being assertive, right? Imagine if you're a car wash owner and imagine you've got that person that's running your car wash. It might be that young, that young boom operator that I talked about that, that I work with that runs a car wash out in Wichita, Kansas. It might be that young person. It might be some person who spent 20, 30 years in the military and they're running your car wash. Whoever that person is, they're running your car wash. And they see the things on a daily basis that you don't see necessarily as an owner because you may or may not be there 24-7. You might not be on that front line. Do you want that person to be timid or do you want that person to have the ability to be assertive based on the right training, based on the right process, and based on having been empowered based on those other seven skill sets or six skill sets? Do you want them to be timid and not really say anything? Or do you want them to have the ability to be assertive, not disrespectful, not demeaning, not egotistical, but assertive to assert themselves at the right time, the right place for the right reason. So that's what I love about that particular skill set because oftentimes we miss how do we set people up to empower them to actually speak up at the right time.
0: Yeah, I love I love all of that, and especially the differentiation between uh, being assertive and being aggressive. Right, they're they're different things, and there's a way that you need to approach that, and so. I think when you um, can create a culture in an environment based on this trust concept that we've been talking about, people do feel comfortable speaking their mind and they feel like when they do that, they're gonna be respected, they're respectful of you because you have two way trust. And that's yeah. that's the key to that thing. Um, creating that culture where people feel safe speaking up, they feel like they're gonna be heard. and And you as a business owner know that yeah, some of my best ideas are not my own ideas. They come from my team.
1: Absolutely. When when you when you do that, like I said, what I say often, Matt, is that people, they want to be heard, they want to be understood, and they want to be acknowledged. That's the baseline. Yeah. And when you're leading a team, you have to create that psychological safety to enable people to be willing to speak up. And then you, as the leader, have to be willing to hear them, understand them, and acknowledge them. And then you also have to be willing and prepared to take action on what they are telling you.
0: So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay. So you do this a lot. <laughs> you you've seen you've seen some things, right? So you've, you've seen a lot of environments, a lot of different organizations. Yes, we need to build this thing. What are maybe like? One or two things that you think are easy wins for a business owner to start doing today that like can can kind of shift the shift their idea of how they create culture pretty quickly.
1: Excellent question, man. I think an easy kill is we'll start with that hearing, understanding, and acknowledging people. Yeah, that starts like because people need to know that you're connected and that you care about them, right? And so as an owner. What I'm not not—I'm going to start with what I'm not telling you, and I'm not telling you is to try to be best friends with people because that's not what yeah. as a business owner. That's not our job as a leader. That's not our job. That's not our role. But what I am encouraging you to do is to connect with people, find out who they are. Right. You've got likely one, maybe two people that actually run the operation side of your car wash. Learn who they are, learn a little bit about them and connect with them on a one to one direct level. Mm -hmm. That way it enables, that gives you that space to hear them, understand them and acknowledge them. And when you do that, you also begin to provide that space to create psychological safety. When you do that, now they feel like they, that that in and of itself is empowering. If you just start with that, then people will start being feeling, that they will start to feel like, you know what, not only do I belong here, but I'm going to take on an ownership mentality Yep. because I know the owner cares what I have to say. That alone will change the dynamic. That alone will encourage somebody to say, you know what? I'm going to throw down the gauntlet on my level of commitment because I recognize that this owner is committed to me. Therefore, I'm going to amp up my level of commitment. I'm going to amp up my level of accountability. And then we begin to, well, we begin to change that culture. We begin to build trust. So I would say just start there. Like literally that it's, it seems so simple, but yet yeah. think about it. Not a lot of people do that, Matt. Not a lot of people who are running organizations actually spend time talking to the people who actually operate the organization. And I think if you start there, then that's a huge step towards building and changing that culture for the good.
0: Well, and I think one, like, now we're going to get into tactics here real briefly. One super easy thing that you can do, I think, as a business owner is have set up the frequency doesn't matter. Set up something, set up a monthly, set up a quarterly, whatever it is, set up time to meet with some of these people that you're talking about, right? Like the people that you want to get to know, that you want to understand and have a conversation with them that has nothing to do with the job.
1: Right? Exactly.
0: Just just talk to them like, Hey, what are you working on? What's going on in your at home? You know, tell me a little bit more about what you're interested in because then that leads to all kinds of great things. Like you might learn that that individual is, uh, burning the midnight oil, so to speak, right? They're, they're working at the car wash and they're studying for their, um, their degree. They're trying to get through that. And then they've got some other things going on and that helps you understand how they're showing up in, in the workplace every single day. Because guess what? Absolutely. A home doesn't stay at home. You bring that stuff to work. You cannot help it. So the more yeah. we know, the better we can be.
1: Yeah, I've got a you know, in, in, in one of my roles, um I, I was working with a young man and I said, you know, hey, tell me a little bit about who you are, and what you're doing. He says, Oh well, you know, I'm 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 going to college. I said, Oh great. Well, why are you going to college? Well, I want to be a pilot like you. I go, Oh great. How far along are you in that process? What can I do to help you? And literally you can see this young man, he leaned in, he goes, Wait a minute. You actually care. And then when I needed help because we had a big project that needed to be done, I says, hey, man, I says, um, how can I get you to help me? And he says, well, you know, I've, I've got college and this and that. I says, well, tell you what, what if I made some accommodations to help you? He goes, you know, I, that works. He goes, I have the ability to get my work done in this period, this amount of time. I go, so you can knock out everything we need you to get done in this amount of time? He goes, absolutely. I says, great. Well, let me meet you halfway. And again, like you just said, Matt, that whole person concept, now he goes, wait a minute. And and I can't tell you this this young man worked so hard to make it happen. And he continues to get college done all of a sudden. He's moving towards his goal of becoming a pilot. But again, I would have never had that awareness had I not stopped and had a conversation with him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Open open your ears, friends. That's that's what they're there for. Um <laughs> We we are we are rolling right along here. We're getting into uh, about the end of our time, but I want to make sure I have one really important question that I'm going to ask you. So we've been spending all this time talking about uh, empowering your people, creating great culture. Um, the ways that by doing that, you can kind of give yourself more time to do the things that are important to you. I know one of the things that's important to you is uh, daddy daughter donut dates. Yes. So the. The burning question then is what is your favorite donut?
1: Dude, my go-to donut is a maple bacon donut, oh, man. Wow. And if you got good crispy bacon on that maple bacon donut, bro. Yeah, not like that doggy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like we are talking hashtag winning, baby. I, <laughs> I got one donut shop that my daughter and I go to occasionally. And let me tell you, every time I go there, Matt, my objective is to just hang out and have a date with my daughter, right? And I said, well, you know, I'm just going to eat half the donut because I got to I got to make sure I don't look like, you know, I got to make sure I look OK in my uniforms. And I'm going to tell you what, inevitably, I destroy that donut, man, because it is just amazing. So if you ever see a picture, likely the picture of me with a donut is probably going to be maple. And it's probably going to have bacon on it. And to me, that's like, oh, man, it's like heaven in my hand, bro.
0: <laughs> and, and, and you're never gonna eat just half. I mean, let's be honest. None of this No, I right.
1: just I just work out more. Than, like the only reason <laughs> yeah. I work out, Matt, is so that I can enjoy daddy daughter donut dates with my daughter. I mean, literally, we're we're talking about this on a Thursday, and tomorrow yeah. or tonight, we're gonna figure out. Hey, honey, are we gonna go get donuts before you go to school, or are we gonna get donuts after school? Hey, just say Priorities. Do both. Do it, both. We have. I mean, that's done like that. an
0: extra hour of of, uh, of workout. But hey. <laughs>
1: it's all worth it. Trust me. Yeah, Maybe maybe it's two
0: donuts. I don't know. Well, (laughs) that's a, that's a prime example uh, though, about what we just talked about. That's a time for you to spend with someone who's very important to you and to listen to them and hear them and have that time and have that enjoyment. So friends, um, a lot of great stuff in this conversation, make sure uh, that you take some of these things and some of these ideas back to your business. Jason, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hey, thank you, Matt. It's an honor, and a pleasure, and I look forward to meeting as many of you all as possible in Nashville.
0: Hey, if you guys want more episodes like this, you want to hear more great stories, you want to hear more about uh, great donut options that you can consume, uh, you can do that at CarWashMagazine.com or anywhere you are consuming your podcast content. uh, Subscribe to us to make sure you never miss an episode. And friends, when you are out there killing it washing cars or killing it eating maple bacon donuts, there's one thing you've got to do, and that is keep it clean. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.